0: In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes can cost far more than dollars, one oil and gas sales expert, one HSE professional, and the greatest PPE provider on the planet must come together. Two men, one brand, one mission. Red Wings Oil & Gas HSE Podcast with Mark LaCour and Pat. Pister starts now.
1: Hey, it's Mark Lacour, and this show is for everybody who has an interest in HSE in the oil and gas industry. Brought to you by Red Wing, the leaders in PPE. And that sound you heard was Paige dropping her phone, <laughs> <laughs> which is not how you ensure your people go home safe every day, but that's what Red Wing does—they ensure your people go home safe every day. Uh, joining today is my awesome co-host Patrick Pister.
2: Hey, Omar, how you doing? And I, doing? Think, and I think Paige was wearing her steel toe, so she's okay.
1: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So. Um, uh, doing really good, Patrick. We um we we've been busy week, right? Busy year. We got a lot of stuff ahead of us. A lot, lot of stuff. podcasts, a lot of events, a lot of a lot of things going on. But it's all good stuff, and we love our audience, don't we? We do, we do. Uh, we love our long term listeners, and we love our new listeners. So if and you, we love our listeners that give us reviews. And we love our <laughs> listeners. We love those extra special. Yeah. And we're back here, with, uh, part three of our three part series with Knowledge Vine. We have David Bowen and David Sowers on. Hello, David. And David. Hey guys, good to be back. Yeah. Thanks for coming back to Houston for us. <laughs> good to see you again. Yeah. It's been a long time. So, um, you know, we're going to kind of jump right into this. But before we get into this, in case somebody's listened to this for the first time and they didn't listen to part one and part two, what does Knowledge Vine do?
3: Knowledge Vine is a uh, group of individuals that came together to form an organization to help organizations get better. One of the things we like to talk about is we reduce the frequency of human error while we lower the severity of human error. And we do that through organizational alignment, helping organizations get organizations get better. And, and raise their performance. It's almost a continuous improvement cycle that we bring to the table to help organizations improve. And so what's so cool
1: about this is the first thing, of course, pops in my mind, because we're on the hs show, is uh, HS&E Metrics. But we talked about this on the first episode, or actually the first part of this three-part series, where it, it, it's much more than that. You start talking about improving performance of the organization, now you start talking about affecting company's finances, shareholder value, delivering projects on time, on budget. You're talking about retention, you know, all the stuff that's kind of the holy grail for companies.
3: Yeah, if you think about it, and I don't want to sound um, out of place here, but, you know, safety becomes a byproduct of what we actually teach. The, the whole idea around reducing human error uh, and organizational mistakes is that the byproduct of that is going to be a safer workforce. If you're not making mistakes, you're not getting hurt. That's really where they come from. Additionally, though, we look at the, uh, the reduction of, of rework, We look at quality improvement. We can look at reliability standards going higher. And you know what? A better quality of work is really a better quality of life is what it ends up being. Because if you're not making the mistakes anymore, you're not having to do all that stuff again, over and over again.
4: You touched on the retention, too. I mean, if you have the uh, option of working for a company that is investing in you and making sure that you're safe every day and making sure that you're making the right choices and and you're going to go home with all 10 fingers and 10 toes, are you going to stay there or are you going to jump? to the company over there you know change shirts put on a different badge for 10 cents more an hour
1: yeah and you know we talked about this on the second part of the show but we talked about the millennial generation in this industry and they value stuff like that extremely highly do do i feel as a millennial that my company is supporting me and giving something back am i doing something worthwhile and that's that's all huge as far
2: as retention yeah not just being safe on the job but that i'm going to be rewarded for doing the right thing not cutting the corners and maybe getting the job done a little faster but being unsafe doing it
4: yeah it's, it's it's fun to pick on the millennials everybody oh you know they're lazy they're in, sorry page you? <laughs> <laughs> you know they're lazy they're entitled and and you know you're gonna hurt their feelings and all those kinds of things. but they bring some qualities a couple that you touched on there that is kind of tailor-made for improving performance is that um they've studied it and said that a, a millennium will work at a job a, a, you know for less money if they feel a sense of purpose if they yep. feel like what they're doing is important and really if you're doing a job and you don't feel it's important. Why are you there? Why right. are you doing it? You know. So if we, and they also they look at their organizations less as a ladder and more as a collaborative thing. Yep. And so if we're rolling in human performance and we're talking about behaviors and we're talking about accountability up and down the organization, and I can find you know my my voice in process improvement or my voice in in safety or what I need is being heard and actions being taken and there's some accountability and things around that, they feed into that. So this they bring a lot of really really good qualities that are going to help drive improvement and kind of get us to that next level as, as an industry
1: yeah and so today the last part is three-part series we're actually be talking about the individual contributors the frontline people people right the guys that actually do the work so let's talk about you know what's the
3: differences when y'all are working with the frontline people versus the managers or the executives we like to start with teaching them the human performance tools the actual tools that are used uh, to help you go through your day, perform your work, your work tasks, but really more importantly, how you would just basically live your life. Starting with you know self-checking, how to stop and think about what you're doing, take the action, step back and say, did I get what I wanted? And if, you know if you just did that one thing, 90% of the time you'd be very successful. But what I really like about that whole concept, and the whole concept about what we teach with the individual contributor is We want you to take this home. I want you to steal this, take it home, take the book home, and teach your kids, teach your spouse, teach your neighbors. Because if you're launching a bass boat, if you're climbing a tree to deer hunt, or you're going to go bowling or whatever you're going to go do, these things are all applicable for you to have a better life and to not make mistakes because mistakes are happening to all of us all the time. $37 billion a year are spent on human errors. And just think about how that impacts you personally at home, not just on the job, but at home. Yeah, i got to jump in
1: here so our entire oil and gas audience understands exactly what you meant when you said launching a bass boat, climbing into Deer State or going bowling.
3: <laughs> hey, again, we're hands-on guys. We know exactly where you're going. from. Put the boat from. plug in before you launch. launching. That's it, man. That's self-checking, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and so the, the kind of the cool thing about that is if you can get your employees to buy into that and they understand the value of self-checking, and if they bring it
3: home, it's now no longer something they do. It's who they are. That's exactly right. If you're doing it at home, that's not something you just take off and put back on when you come to work, 8 to 5 or 7 to 4 or 6 to 6 or however you're working, like a hard hat. You can take your hard hat off and leave, but this is this is how you live your life. This is this becomes part of the way you just do business all the time, on and off the job, so that's a great point.
4: I'm convinced that um, Dave and I's kids are both being therapy at some point, being <laughs> wore out with human performance. Did you self-check that? Dad, stop. Leave work at work. No,
1: no, no. So it's – um. I, um, I can spot people. So the other day, my wife and I were at Best Buy, and they had a guy with a truck that had an extended uh, uh, trailer hitch on his on his receiver hitch below his bumper, and it stuck out about a foot, and there was an orange cone sitting out there. And I told my wife, I go, that guy works in our industry. He's the only person that carries on an orange cone to put out so people wouldn't hit a trip hazard of his trailer hitch, right? And so I do that, right? Going up and down the stairs, I've always got at least two points of contact, right. and I've taught my ch- my child that. Um, I think it's actually a good thing that it becomes part of who we are versus something. Because when I got in this industry 20 years ago, it was what you did, right? You showed up at the job site, you had eyes, ears, hard hat, and as soon as you could, you took it off, right? You didn't go home and put on eye protection when you started cutting your grass. Well, you know what? I don't cut my grass. But if I did, I would have eye protection on now. And we've had stories. Who was – we were talking to somebody and the guy – Drives up down the street and hands out eye protection to his neighbors that don't have any on when they're cutting their grass. Yeah,
2: that was uh, that was stat oil, I think, wasn't it? No, yeah. Barron, um she's not with stat oil, but she was on that episode. Yeah, but how
1: great is that, that it's so ingrained in
2: this guy's life that when he sees
3: his neighbors not wearing eye protection and using a weed eater, he goes and brings them some. I mean, I just think that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's how it ought to be, right? We ought to be taking care of each other and looking for these things on and off the job because, again, it, it becomes part of your culture. I know you're going to do it at work. If you do it at home, I know you're going to do it at work. There's no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, and so is it hard when you're dealing with frontline people that have, I'm going to say, bad habits? Is, you know, getting them to change that and see the benefit, you know, it's one thing to to executives see it because it affects their bottom line, affects their lost time incidents. Supervisors see it because it's their people, right? But those frontline people, if they've never had an accident from not
3: wearing gloves, I know it sometimes has to be hard to get them to see the benefit of actually changing what they're doing. Again, focusing on what's in it for me. We know you're going to have a bad day. People are lucky. Generally, we're lucky as humans. We get away with a lot of stuff, especially the better I get at something and the more repetition I have of doing it, I tend to get overconfident. So we spend a lot of time explaining that uh, to the individual contributors, that, hey, this is going to happen, you know. And and sometimes they're our best advocates for this whole thing because they know it's true. I mean, we inherently know these things are true. But let me tell you what really helps sell the individual contributor level person on this concept, again, we focus on the larger system issues. Now, let me ask you a question: Who do you think knows the answers about how to get work done better? The frontline guys—that's absolutely work, yeah. right. Yeah. The people that do the work know how to do it right. And for years, we've ignored—I think it—you know—ignored them on, hey, why can't we do it this way? Well, because we've always done it this way, and that's how we're going to keep doing it. Well, this gives you that opportunity. This human performance concept and total organization performance improvement. It gives you the opportunity to say, wait a second, I think that's a latent organizational weakness and I've got a better way to do it. Let's talk about it. Let's get a better way to do this and actually get that out there because we're a learning organization and we want to improve. That's the whole idea around it. And that's a huge sales uh, pitch that we like to use, honestly, with the frontline guys because they know it's true. I told them 30 years ago we ought to do it like this and no one listened to me. Well, you know what? It's true. No one listened. And so we're still doing it the way we've always done it, and we know better. And that's what we want to help them
2: be able to express. So how do you motivate those guys that have been saying it for 30 years, we need to do it differently, but he, they keep getting pushback. It's like, well, that's the procedure. We've always done it this way. You just go back to doing your job because you are the frontline guy. You're not the manager.
4: Well, we've got to show them what's in it for them. Again, as adult learners, we have to have some something. something's for me. It's got to be something in the game for me. And uh, another piece of what we do is, is we're teaching people how to identify these latent organizational weakness but then not accept them because, yes, they know where the landmines are, but they've gotten in the habit of how do I get around them how to, instead of just eliminating these latent organizational weakness. So it's, it's a different impact when they go to their supervisor and they say, I don't, I don't think I can do this job. Why not? You know, it kind of lands flat. But if they start learning the language and they know that, you know, hey, we have a latent organizational weakness. This trap is going to set us up for, you know, for time pressure. This trap, you know, we're going to have distractions and interruptions here. If you can start thinking and, and, and communicating in a more granular way to communicate that up the chain, you're going to get more movement on the things you need because it's hard to ignore somebody saying, you know, hey, we're, we've created a, a trap out here, a human performance trap that we need to eliminate. One of
3: the other pieces we also talked about in the other two sec- sections of this uh, of this podcast was that executive leadership, we've already worked with them and we've explained to them that this is an improvement cycle. We're going to have new ideas and new concepts come through coming from the field. Are you going to be w- willing to receive that and accept that and move on that? And if they make sense, we want them to do it. Also, we've worked in the second uh, session of this we talked about the supervisory level folks and the managers and getting them ready to receive these kind of Im- informations that come back from the field to be able to act on them and have true corrective actions to, to prevent recurrence and to, and to look at organizational weaknesses and breakdowns. So the management team is ready for this. They're looking for the individual contributor to say I can't do it this way it's not going to work. we want to improve we want to make it better. we want to be more efficient, more effective. And I want to make a difference. And that's really what I think sells them on the What's in it for me piece. Yeah, David, that's genius, right? Now I
1: see how that works. So you've actually sown the seeds ahead of time so that when you get that buy in from the frontline people and those ideas and those new, new ways that new processes come up, everybody looks at it a different way up the chain so it doesn't get squashed immediately. That's exactly right.
3: That's yeah. the idea.
2: I could see the motivation just being destroyed if you went the opposite direction. Oh, yeah. And you got these yeah. frontline guys you know, chomping at the bit to make changes and improvement and then it just hits a brick
3: wall. Well, and that's why it's just not a ground-up kind of thing. I mean, it's, we like to think about the grassroots of things, but honestly, if we don't have a guiding coalition that's willing to receive and accept change, we're not going to get anywhere. And so the culture is going to stay stagnant, and the same person that said 30 years ago, I brought this up and they didn't listen. Well, it's because they weren't trained to listen or weren't focused on listening. They were focused on getting it done the way they've always done it. So absolutely, starting at the top is the key to making this really work. So it's, I'm, I'm curious, we talked a little bit about what the train looks like for the executives. We talked a little bit about what
1: the train looks like for the managers or supervisors. What does the train look like for the frontline people?
4: Well, we'll get them into the uh, classroom as well, or um, we also have an online class that we can get them through, because this is the information piece. You know, what does self-checking look like? What does a, a good questioning attitude look like? How are you using procedures? So really the, the, the how are you doing these things? Um, and we follow that up with uh, some coaching. We get them in the field because again, there's that gap between the information and then the application. So um, you know, we all know we've got training on Friday. So we uh, you know we're talking about it on Thursday. We're all you know hopefully really excited because Vine's coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, uh, so they come to work. They come to the training on Friday, and we show them about you know the tools and the traps and identifying latent organizational weaknesses and how we're drifting from standards and how to communicate up and when we when we are recognizing these things. And um, if we're not there on Monday, you know, they're all going to look at each other and say, so what are we doing different? And they're like, I don't know, we'll just go back to what we were doing Thursday you know, that, that seemed to be working for a long time. So we get out there and really show them hands-on, okay, stop, you know, this is what a self-check looks like. This is how you do a peer check. You know, he has to be engaged and equally qualified, and the nuanced things of in my job, in what I'm doing, instead of, again, these vague ideas, I need to know how to apply it for it to be really effective and for it to be sticky, for it to stay and help shape the organization.
3: Well, and just to kind of go back, you know, again, we're hands-on guys. We've had to do this ourselves. We We don't just talk about it from a theory perspective one of the things Dave and I both have done is uh, we work shift work uh, for years and uh, when you have to come off shift on your day off to go to training it's generally not a good thing so doing the online learning piece was something we we pretty much picked up from the field to say you know if I could just learn this on my own online and let me track myself and just get the information that way when you guys come out in the field I've already had the information now it's just a matter of coaching and mentoring it really works well. And so there's, and, and it's interesting because on the online learning piece, there's 16 weeks of follow up. So you take a 45 minute initial session to explain what human performance is, how it looks, how it works. Uh, you get the information. And then every week for 16 weeks, you look at one separate tool. So self checking what is it? How does it work? When would you use it? Here's a three question survey just to make sure you understand it literally three minutes, three minutes a week just to keep the repetition up, to keep you used to going into the, uh, the information, looking at it. You have a pocket field guide. So you get the information, basically you self-dispense it. You don't have to sit there in a class for eight hours and have to come in on your day off, uh, have to backfill shifts, have to take people off of work. You're letting them stay in their normal cycle, and when they have a chance they come in and take their three-minute session per week And keep on going and we can track all that so the accountability piece is always there it's just another way to deliver information without pulling you out of your cycle of life and having to waste time off uh, in a training session we don't want to do that to you we've lived it
4: Uh, we'd like to take credit for the genius of all this too but we're a learning organization (laughs) as we were rolling this out to some groups they were asking for this you know they're telling us that that hey I can get the information piece can we do it in a way that that doesn't have me you know, I work out of town. I was hoping to, you know, head home on Friday, and it really starts to impact their lives. But where we really need the help is on the job site, not so much in the classroom, showing us how to do these things. Yeah. And um, the, the keep getting the focus items, the 16 weeks of, you know, okay, now we're really going to focus on self-checking. And the next week we're going to focus on, you know, using a good questioning attitude or something like that. That also bubbled up out of that frontline worker saying, this is a lot to digest at one time. Can we just get these, like, one week at a time, let me just focus on one of these. Or like, Especially
2: hey. if it's a whole new way of doing business. You're right. not used to it. It's right.
4: right. And that's another thing when we talk to them. That's one of the pushbacks we get is we don't have time to do something else. You know, this human performance is something else. And we really try to communicate that it's not something else you're doing. It's just shifting your approach to the things you're already doing. We're not adding work to you. We're just approaching it in a way that's going to get us a little bit more focused, a little safer, a little bit more effective, and a little bit more efficient. But the, you know, if we're listening to them, so we're asking these executives, listen to your people. Listen to your people when they say things. We're listening, too, and they're saying, can, can we get focused? I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's pretty easy to do just to roll out. It's an Excel spreadsheet, is what it started with. Hey, let's go over these. Mail it out to the supervisors. And then we started getting them better tools for it. Where they can actually watch a little video and get a little a little quiz, and it becomes that focus item for the week. So they start to digest it, you know, in little smaller bunches. I like
2: these bite-sized chunks. I mean, um, Bowman and I talked last time a lot about co- continuous improvement. It's about incremental changes. Mm-hmm. Not, you don't need to do a big sweeping change. You need to get the upper level on board. But these incremental changes—that's where your continuous improvement comes in, and that's where you make your Long-term changes.
4: Yeah, yeah. How do you eat an elephant? Yeah, yeah. one bite at a time. Roll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> that will be edited out. <laughs>
1: <It's not. laughs> it sure will. Hey, you know, um, so, so for all three of these um,
3: these episodes, we, you keep bringing up something called self-checking, and I'm sure a lot of people in the audience are going, "What the heck is self-checking?" So, what is it? It's one of the most fundamental, basic human performance tools that we teach. And, you don't know, Mark? <laughs> I, I actually
1: do, but I'm thinking about our audience. If you give me that red wing bag over there, I'll tell you more about it.
3: Uh, no, it's a, so it's basically just a way to uh, slow yourself down and to focus on what you're about to do. So you basically just stop, uh, think about what you're about to do, what your action going to be, uh, you step back and take the action and then review and say, Did I get what I wanted? So, if I was going to start a pump, let's say I was going to start, I don't know, process pump one, two, three, alpha, I would stop and say, Okay, is it open discharge? Is the suction valve open? Are the bleeder closed? Are the vents closed? Is this pump ready to put in service? And do I, am I on the right pump? I may have a peer check. That's another tool. With Dave, and we would both stop and think. Okay, are we where we think we are? Are we? And this sounds pump. Is it the right time? Is it the right action? And And it almost sounds elementary and kind of foolish, almost. But think about this: if it's two o'clock in the morning and you're tired and you're trying to get your stuff done and you're trying to start a pump, especially in an emergency situation, you really need to stop and think about what you're doing. It's it's a way to slow you down to get you mentally focused. So I stop, I think, I take the action, I review, star, stop, think, act, review, right simple simple technique it's easy to do it's just hard to remember to do it until it becomes a behavioral habit a pattern and that's what we teach you to do is make it a pattern a habit so that you're doing it the same way and it makes sense and we are all doing it that's when it becomes a standard say
2: it again david star
3: stop think act
2: review excellent
3: yeah
1: yeah I, i personally know hundreds of of some incidents that's happened from people doing simple mistakes and if they would've just stopped and thought through it they would've caught it right? and it wouldn't have happened and you're right it's usually people that have done it for a hundred times and it's they get into that complacency rule and they may start the wrong pump right or they may be at the wrong time or the suction may be closed you know and it's just because they've done it so many times that's that's actually that should have been maybe the safety tip for this show huh? yeah no
2: i was thinking that too it's oh, it's a good sorry. i mean well, no it's good that we we're, we're getting, <laughs> trying to give actionable things for the guys in the field that can that can use and things like that just, so we'll come back to it we'll yeah. uh, just reinforce it we'll talk about it twice in the show But talking about tips in the field, so I was looking at y'all's website and you've got a a video series, uh, Trevor's Tailboard. Can you tell me about what that is and what it's all about? Is it? It looks like it's geared towards the front line guys.
4: Yeah, it it, it was born out of the can we get these in bite sized pieces? Can we get these focus items? And we and we said sure. Now to support that, rather than saying you know hey you had the training six weeks ago, and we're hoping you remember this. You know now everybody focus on that. We wanted to give them a quick little refresher. So um, the the first iteration of that was shooting these videos. You know Trevor's a, a ex lineman. Uh, he's been out there. Uh, Let me grinding. stop you right
1: there. He not didn't play football. <laughs> He you said lineman. Oh yeah. Make saying. sure audience understands what you're talking about. You're
4: right. Utility. He may have played football. I don't know. <laughs> he played baseball. for He University played baseball. Of Texas. Right. So. Uh, so
1: he was the guy in the bucket truck, basically. Right. That yeah. is correct.
4: Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was up there in the line of fire. Yeah. So he's lived it. He's he's uh, uh, he owns it. You know. He and he wants to make sure he's got a lot of passion around it. He wants to make sure that everybody's um, uh, adopting these same. Uh, behaviors to make sure that they're just as safe as he was when you know when he was out there and that uh, if you watch the video if you go to the website you can kind of see that passion coming through you know he's he's got a lot of that passion and it's a quick little video like one i think the longest one is like a minute and a half you know but it's like hey this let's remember you know we had this in the training we either got it in the online training or we had it in the classroom training but um let's use a questioning attitude you know let's look take a fresh look at the job we're doing today it might be the the fifth poll we've done this week some weird feedback there. Yeah, sorry. Keep going. Okay, um, might be the fifth poll we've done this week, and um, it, it it now we're getting complacent. Now we're we yeah, been there, done that. You know, let's take us. St- is this situation different? Are we a little bit closer to the traffic? Is this poll sitting a little bit different? Is there some uh, uh, is there a distraction? Some sort of noise happening? and uh, making sure that we're identifying all the potential traps for this and he'll communicate that in just a real quick short video and you just hit the link from our website we're d- this is a giveaway this is not something like you know we're gonna make you log in and have a password and we're gonna get your you know your email and we're gonna start wearing you out with some spam or something like that just go to knowledgevine.com and it's under our videos Trevor tailboard and it's a great way when you're doing a kickoff in the morning even if you're not a client of ours and you just want to take a look at this thing to sort of make get people thinking around these watch a couple of them and see which ones you think would resonate with your crew and watch it on your phone, watch it on a tablet, watch it on the computer, and just say, hey, this guy's going to talk to us about maybe self-checking today. Just a quick little thing to remind us to get set for the day and focus because, you know, there's a lot that's happened since we went home yesterday. Yeah. It's,
2: and it's a good resource for safety professionals because they always have to start the day with some kind of safety tip, you know, a, a focus. So if, if you're an HSE professional out there and you need some good advice for a – you know, pre-tower meeting or anything like that yeah, these are some great videos
1: yeah. yeah i actually watched a couple of them a while back and he really trevor really does have a passion for what he's doing it comes across it's real it's not fake it's genuine
3: well it goes back to the credibility piece mark i mean again we're hands-on guys we're the ones that don- have done it we've lived it we didn't sit around a table and dream this stuff up we we've, we've had to do it and had to use it and you know trevor brings a huge amount of credibility to the organizations we work with in the utility business because a lot of people say, you don't understand how, how it is to do this job. You don't know how hard it is to go out there and set a pole, put a transformer on it, string conductor. Well, it's hard to look us in the eye and say that because Trevor's done it, you know, yeah. and, we've, and we've been in that business, so we know how it works. So it just adds to the professional credibility we have.
2: Yeah. I've gotten a lot of that. Have you ever worked offshore? And as a matter of fact, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, right, exactly. I
1: get it from the environmentalists. They go, what do you know about the environment? I go, I have a degree in wildlife management. And they don't yeah. know what to say at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: If we had an actor to come in and shoot these videos, that would get sniffed out in the heartbeat. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, there's or like, some guy in a suit, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, all
1: right, so uh, we're getting kind of close to winding this show down. Um, this has been a really great series, I and mean, we've had you on three times. We talked about three different uh, levels that y'all interface, each one differently. We talked about executive leadership, supervisors and managers, and then on this show, individual contributors. And it's really cool to see Knowledge Knowledgevine um, has figured out a way to implement cultural change in a way that's productive for the companies. I mean, I, I can't—I honestly can't think of another company that I've known that could actually do this. And y'all do it for a living, day in and day out. That's
2: correct. Yeah. I and mean, it's really cool stuff. Patrick, it's been a great series. We may have to... Have another se- yeah, series down yeah. the road. Yeah, like I said, I think Bowen and I can really get going into process improvement and lean practices and things like that. Right. I mean, that'd be g- another good topic. But, Actually, uh,
1: you know what would be cool? We should shoot a video of you and him doing that, going to deep dive, and put it on the on the website. That'd right? be good as yeah. bonus right. content because that would be because you both of y'all are very passionate, very knowledgeable. We get kind of deep for people like me, but for a lot of HSE professionals, they probably love that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So we get that one on the books. We talked earlier about the whole star thing. This is a point in the show where we did need to do the red ring tip of the week, and I thought the star thing was so important. Let's talk through again so what is start?
3: yeah so i want to i want to learn a behavior that becomes a habit uh called self-checking self-checking again if you're launching your bass boat you're climbing a tree you're going to get up there with your bow whatever it is you're about to go do we want you to stop and really think about what you're about to do and really think through the actions what does it look like what's it going to look like when i do this and while you're thinking through that Think about, you know, am I on the right, is this the right kind of tree for me to climb? I mean, think about how many times we've grabbed a climber stand in the middle of a five o'clock in the morning breakfast kind of run, go out there in the dark and start climbing a pine tree. Well, it's not probably the best tree you're going to climb. So looking at the right, am I in the right spot? Am I going to do the right thing? You take the action once you've convinced yourself you're ready to go and you've taken the time to really think it through and then step back and say, did I get what I wanted? And is that all that I got? Or did I get something else? Did another pump start? Did another siren go off? Those kind of things are real warning signs that we can stop before it takes off and goes too far down the road and gets us in trouble. I wanna share one more with you before we stop. I think if you do these two things, you'll be very successful in your life. The second tool we like to bring out that's very fundamental is something called questioning attitude. And I always contribute the, this, this little story to Dave Sowers. He, he made a slide one time that says, not questioning with attitude, it's questioning <laughs> attitude. And I think that's, that's right. Where you actually ask yourself, you know, what is the worst thing that can happen to me right now? Before I do this, what is the worst thing that can happen? And it's making your decision based off a of consequence, not likelihood. If we get out of the likelihood mindset and think about consequences, our decisions and our, our focus is going to change a lot. And it's hard because we do these jobs over and over, and we do them successfully a lot of times. We start the same pump over and over again in a process, uh, uh, you know, plant. Or we hang the, the same transformer over and over again. We touch energized lines over and over again successfully. And that overconfidence creeps in, it creeps in fast. Think about driving, how many times we start steering with our knee or eating a cheeseburger or texting or whatever it is we do that's a bad, bad habit because of overconfidence. If you just sat back and said, what's the worst thing that could happen to me, based on consequences, you would change your focus. And it would force you to self-check if you think about that. So yeah. that's and
4: it. That, that's a, one of the things you talked about, what gets the buy-in from the individual contributor. Why do they want to give you this effort? You know, Because they, they can get by doing what they've been doing. Um, we've had a, had a client we were working with, and the feedback from one of the frontline workers was, I stopped and I started really thinking about the job that I was about to do and I identified some gaps and he brought the questions up and they, they dug a little bit deeper and they said, yeah, that was likely going to cause an accident or an event, and so we, were, we went out there to record and capture that that video to see how did that help and one thing that he said out of there that I wasn't expecting that, that really resonated with me was, I didn't know I could ask these things, I just kind of sort of go get the work done and we all just, you know, we're all doers, so let's go get the work done. He said. Getting having a human performance program come in, or having knowledge Vine coming in and coaching us and helping us down this road, it really empowered me to say, you know what, I need to stop this thing, and there's not going to be those negative repercussions because we did the the legwork on the front end when we worked with the executives and we worked with the leaders and said, hey, these things are coming, so. When they it, it becomes a very empowering thing and not just something you gotta do again, you know, or there's something else we gotta do. And that, that's helped really move the needle a lot with a lot of these organizations.
1: Yeah, this is a great safety tip. I mean, this is this is a really good, deep, useful,
2: actionable safety tip. Good stuff. Now yeah, I'm gonna kick the listeners back to the, the Trevor's tailboard because you've got videos in here about Blank I mean the questioning attitude, mm-hmm. as well as the overconfidence. So there's a lot of you know, you know. If anybody wants to find out more about that, the what 55 second videos. Yeah,
4: there's minute. eight traps, eight tools. Each video is, is about a minute, um, just a quick little thing, and it, and it just just click on it on your phone or your pad or your. Uh, notebook or whatever yeah
2: so if you're a frontline guy and you just have some questions about what knowledge vines actually is go check these videos out and get some good Absolutely. ideas or how to I'll
1: tell you make something your job else. safer if, if you're a job site leader and you have that safety moment every day and you don't always have something this is use, use what knowledge find and this is great material for steal your safety steal it yeah. steal it from us yeah. so um, um y'all know the deal the bag right there which is in high demand everybody wants if you want one it's a pretty simple audience uh, it's the red wing offshore bags in super high demand Uh, You just go to redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. That's redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. Enter your information and we draw one lucky winner a week. No purchase necessary. See official site for rules and details. And Patrick, this week's winner
2: is. And this week's winner of the Red Wing Offshore Bag is LJ Galletti. He's the president and CEO at Lightning Rod and Pipe. Congratulations, LJ. You are this week's winner of the Red Wing Offshore Bag. For your chance to win one of these awesome bags, go to redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast, enter your name and details for a chance to win, and we pull one lucky winner a week. All right, Patrick, what's the deal with the LinkedIn group? LinkedIn group, the Oil & Gas Global Network, or OGGN, Uh, it's a companion to this show and our other Oil & Gas Global Network podcasts. Go there for job advice, safety tips, uh, anything you want to ask. It's a global community of oil and gas professionals, and everybody's there to help. Yep. And we have Paige Wilson
1: sitting on this podcast right now, and she moderates every single person and every single post, so
2: there's no spam. She does a great job of that. It's Um, gotten under control now, hasn't it? It's better than it was. It was, yeah, she was working overtime to cut some spam out of there, but... Which just makes the Lincoln Group more valuable. Absolutely. Um,
1: we also have a Facebook group. You can find us on Facebook, Oil & Gas Global Network. Um, and we have a website for the show we've talked about it before, OilAndGasHSC.com. <laughs> he did it again. OilAndGasHSC.com. Okay, sorry. <laughs> OilAndGasHSC.com. Um, and then, uh, since I talked about Paige, by the time you hear this, her show has launched. So she, Paige is out there interviewing leaders in the oil and gas industry. It's a uh, very um, different vibe than this show. It's very senior. It's very uh, deep. Um, they're having uh, the show's usually done over drinks and, and bites to eat she gives away a $200 steak dinner every week so go check her out uh, the show is awesome um, it's gas industry leaders.com. go follow her um, uh, th- th- that show is Going Places and speaking of Going Places we could go places Patrick if we got some more reviews have podcasts we'll travel yes <laughs> so uh, go check out the links to this the page for this podcast which is in oil and gas, hse.com and <laughs> um, <laughs> Click on the link that Patrick sent, uh, put in there to leave us a review. And please, please, please leave us a review. Um, we're going to start reading the reviews if we get some on the air so we can give you a big shout-out. It'll take you all of five minutes. It helps us uh, rank higher in Google. And more importantly, it helps your peers find the show so they get benefit out of the show as well. So, David, David, man, it was great having you on for the third time. I think it's really good, useful, valuable information. We've talked about your, your website quite a few times. But one more time, if people want to find out more about Knowledge Find, where should they go?
4: Go to knowledgevine.com. We've got a lot of information there. The uh, uh, Trevor's Tool Board, the surveys there, a little bit about us, a little bit about our process, uh, get a little deeper dive into that. You can contact us through there, LinkedIn, Facebook, are other uh, really good avenues to get a hold of us too as well.
1: Yeah, and Patrick put link and all that stuff in the show notes. Before we end the show, we have to try, uh, thank our travel sponsor, Lee Heck & Harrison. Uh, Lee Heck & Harrison are global experts in talent management. If you have any issues with leadership and workforce transformation reach out to lee heck and harrison uh they make all these shows that we do on the road possible and they're just a great company good group of people out there um
2: patrick i guess that's about it i think that's it that brings this series to a close i think it was a good one thanks again
4: guys thanks for having us thanks for having us it's three trips to houston but it was uh, well worth it
2: <laughs> yeah
1: all right so uh folks don't be afraid to give up the good to go for the great
2: you will be safe out
0: there Next week for another exciting episode of Red Wings Oil & Gas HSE Podcast, a production of the Global Oil & Gas Network. Learn more from Mark LaCour at modalpoint.com. Connect with Patrick Pister at leanoilfield.com. From Houston to London to Dubai and beyond.